Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 18th, 2023, the 6th of Tevet, 5784. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. Of course, here in Israel, the war still rages on down in Gaza, in Aza. That's how you say it in Hebrew. With our brave men and women of the IDF making great progress in order to weed out the Hamas terrorists from Aza. Other operations also taking place throughout Judea and Samaria, targeting the terrorist infrastructure in many locations throughout Yudava Shomron. Let's get to the news. Of course, last week we had on uh, several guests to talk about the heroes of the IDF and the special stories which are being uploaded in order to help inspire and teach children about those who gave everything on October the 7th to save lives down in southern Israel. So if you missed any part of that interview, go to last week's show. I also wrote about the heroes of October 7th uh, on JNS News, so go check that out. Speaking of JNS News... They reported late last night that the Israel Defense Forces IDF revealed yesterday, on Sunday, the discovery of the largest Hamas tunnel, terror attack tunnel, found to date, located in the northern Gaza Strip, close to the Erez border crossing. The military uncovered four kilometers of the tunnel, which reached a depth of 50 meters in some sections. The tunnel did not stretch into Israeli territory, but one of its shafts was found a mere 400 meters, around 440 yards from the Ares crossing, the only pedestrian entry between Israel and Aza. The tunnel has several branches and, and junctions, replete with plumbing, electricity, communication lines, said the IDF. So all you countries obsessed with sending humanitarian aid into Gaza over the last decade-plus this is where your money is going. So thanks very much for that. And on a side note, by the way, I just saw a photo, a uh, picture taken. The IDF found 5 million shekels in cash inside of a, a home in a suitcase of one of the Hamas leaders in Jabalia. So all you donor countries, everyone worried about humanitarian aid. The Hamas head was, looks like he was ready to flee with 5 million Shekel, cash. No, he was not helping his people or buying food or making the situation better for anyone. That's where your money is, money goes, folks. Those who want to support you Taylor Swift out there and anyone else who wants to support Aza, your money's going to a terrorist organization. They take the money, they take the food, they take the humanitarian aid, they uproot water pipes and turn them into rockets. These are the people you're dealing with, and these are the people you're supporting when you, with your good intentions, right, when you send money over to Aza, where all the civilians are, right? The civilians where the latest stats show, what, 80% or so applaud the October 7th attack, including those Arabs who live in Judea and Samaria. So there you have it. That's where your money's going. Anyway, back to the tunnel. The military said vehicles could pass through 
this subterranean structure. This is what Hamas has been busy with over the last 15, 20 years, and that weapons belonging to Hamas were found inside. The effort to construct the tunnel was led by Muhammad Sinwar, the commander of Hamas's southern brigade and brother of uh, uh, Yah Sinwar, the terrorist group's leader in Gaza. IDF spokesperson said the strategic attack tunnel network was intentionally dug near a crossing dedicated to the movement of Gazans into Israel for work and medical care. For Hamas, attacking the people of Israel continues to take priority over supporting the people of Gaza. I think I pronounced Sinwar's name wrong. Yechia Sinwar, the mastermind behind October 7th, head of Hamas, who hopefully will we will reach very, very soon. So, back to the tunnel. If we don't learn this pa- painful lesson now, we never will. I'm talking about bringing aid into Gaza, bringing prosperity into Gaza, and allowing them to find jobs in Israel. This will not stop them from wanting to kill us. You cannot buy off these terrorists and expect them to love us. Hamas is dedicated to our destruction and allowing Gazans in just creates a network of spies. And that's a fact we saw in the kibbutzim where these workers who pretended to be peace-loving, pretended to be friends with Israelis, ultimately gave Hamas the intelligence on these communities. They handed it over. And the same goes with the Arabs in Judea and Samaria. If we start letting them back into our communities or let them into Israeli cities, okay, they have taught us the painful lesson that many of them cannot be trusted and it's not worth the risk. Even, even as our leaders right now are debating whether to let the PA workers back in, I think this would be a horrible, horrible mistake. They took advantage of us once already. And by the way, this isn't the first time. I remember way back in, I think it was 2002, in the so-called Second Intifada, there was a woman who was receiving uh, cancer treatment, I believe, in a hospital in southern Israel, for a woman from Gaza. And eventually, she decided that she was going to take advantage of the fact that Israel was letting her in for humanitarian reasons. I don't have all the exact details. I don't remember if it was, if it was her or her sister. But ultimately, the plan was to carry out a suicide bombing using their, we'll call it humanitarian immunity, in order to get to an Israeli hospital. And eventually they decided they were going to try to blow up that hospital, carry out a suicide bombing. So this isn't the first time. We didn't learn then. Maybe it's time that we learn now. All the humanitarian aid, all the money, all the job opportunities in the world are not going to make them start loving us. And that's a mistake we've been making for a long, long time. It's time to stop. It's time to stop that type of thinking once and for all. Uh, It was announced this morning. This is from Times of Israel. Unfortunately, uh, four IDF soldiers were killed in fighting in Aza yesterday, bringing the toll of slain troops in the ground offensive against Hamas to 126. So another difficult morning here in Israel with the news of four more soldiers killed. May God avenge their blood. Another commando soldier was seriously hurt as well. Very, very sad, folks. I can't even begin to describe how how sad it is waking up to that news each and every day. It seems each and every day. 
We're getting news of the soldiers uh, who were killed or wounded in, in Aza. They are making the ultimate sacrifice so that we can live as free people here in the one and only Jewish state. And again, I have no doubt we're going to win. But this is the painful price we're paying in addition to the painful price which we paid on October the 7th. Uh, back to news here. Uh, JNS reported that Israeli Air Force craft struck terror squads attacking troops in an Arab village near Tulkarim on Saturday night. The IDF confirmed soldiers entered Nur Shams. They were fired upon by Arabs who also threw explosives at them. At least four terrorists were killed in the airstrike, the army said. During the raid, combat engineers uncovered and neutralized improvised explosive devices planted under and along the roads. So with an Israeli presence in Judea and Samaria, with an army presence there, with a civilian presence, it's much easier on a daily or nightly basis to go in into these villages and take care of the bad guys. And that's the difference between Judea and Samaria and Gaza where we haven't had boots on the ground for the past 18 years. What a tragic mistake. Tragic mistake it was in 2005 to expel 10,000 Jews from their homes and destroy the Jewish communities in Gaza. Look where we are today. Look what we're dealing with here today. The terror tunnels and the rockets and the fact that we have to go back in now. All of that stems from 2005 when we evicted our own, expelled our own from Gaza. That's where we are today. Uh, JNS, he reports that uh, an Israeli soldier was moderately wounded yesterday in, a Ar in an Arab terrorist stabbing at a gas station in, in, uh, at the Rantis crossing near Ramallah. 49-year-old fully conscious soldier was evacuated to a hospital. The terrorist fled and was eventually caught. And again, with everything going on down there in Aza, sometimes we forget that our soldiers are stationed in all parts of the country. And those same terrorists in Gaza are in Judea and Samaria as well and must be dealt with. And I saw the video of this terrorist stabbing um, the soldier looked like he was paying for something at the gas station when the, the terrorist came up from behind and stabbed him in, literally stabbed him in the back. He's very lucky to be alive, is the soldier, and thank God the terrorist was caught. It could have ended differently. I want to talk about uh, Senator Lindsey Graham here. It was reported by Times of Israel. I've always known this about Lindsey Graham, friend of Israel, right? But he is obsessed with the two-state solution. Yes, he's a Republican, and it seems pretty rare. But I've, I've heard at different Republican events, I've heard him talking about it. He still believes that somehow this so-called two-state solution is the way to go. And as reported by Times of Israel, he said that Arab countries will not agree to normalize ties with Israel unless Jerusalem agrees to a two-state solution. Senator Lindsey Graham said on Sunday, he's from South Carolina, by the way, the comments amounted to a rare recognition by a Republican lawmaker that uh, statehood for the Arabs in the PA is, is a condition for the expansion of the Abraham Accords. 
Those U.S. broker normalization agreements between Israel and the Arab states negotiated under the Trump administration. Graham made these comments in an interview on the show Meet the Press. He hailed the effort by Democratic U.S. President Joe Biden and Biden's administration to revive normalization talks between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Arab countries will not agree to normalize ties with Israel unless Jerusalem agrees to a two-state solution, Republican Senator Graham said on Sunday. And again, I don't care if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, a two-state solution is not the answer. Fatah, the PA, and Hamas are two sides of the same coin. We've already been down this road for many years. Fatah, remember, the PA, they were in charge of Gaza. They were supposed to be fighting Hamas. That was the whole premise behind Oslo. Fatah was supposed to be fighting Hamas in Judea and Samaria. They received from us the weapons and U.S. training. Fatah, these are terrorists with suits trying to destroy Israel in phases. Let's have peace for peace with Saudi Arabia, not land for peace. I don't even understand how you're talking about a two-state solution in the middle of the war. The Biden administration also bringing it up time after time. How do you reward Hamas and Fatah literally as we are at war? I just don't get it. I don't understand anyone talking about a so-called two-state solution whether it's now or whether it's ever, I'm still not understanding why people are obsessed with trying to shove this down our throats. We don't want it, and the Arabs certainly don't want it. They want a solution where Israel doesn't exist, okay? That's why they've rejected this so-called two-state solution nonsense for so many, so many years. They don't want it. We don't want it. Everyone else has to get over it. It's not the way forward. It'll be an existential threat to the state of Israel, and we cannot have we cannot have terror organizations on the highlands of Judea and Samaria overlooking our international airport, overlooking our major population population centers, Tel Aviv and suburbs. That's what I'm talking about. We can we cannot have it. And Senator Lindsey Graham just doesn't understand it. Just doesn't get it. Let's talk about Qatar. The Jewish press this morning reported the headline was Qatar uses Israeli hostages to extend lifeline to Hamas. While the U.S. pressures Qatar to expel Hamas leaders from its territory, Doha is instead trying to leverage its mediation to secure the terror group's future in the Gulf state. I don't know why they want Hamas there so bad. Maybe they dislike Hamas. Maybe they're Hamas supporters and they want them to stay in their country. An Arab source told the Tatspeet press service that Qatar is under very heavy pressure from the U.S., which is demanding that it change direction vis-a-vis Hamas and is already about to impose a series of heavy sanctions on Hamas. This, sor- this source said that chances are very high. Qatar will soon ask Ismail Haniya the head of the so-called political bureau of Hamas, they're all terrorists, and the leadership team to leave the country. They're over there in the hotels with their billions of dollars partying as their people are are suffering in Aza, which is all on them. But what Qatar is doing is trying to soften the pressure by trying to get another one of these hostage deals. 
Tara is trying to mediate, right, between Hamas and Israel to get more hostages released. And of course, that means the release of more terrorists, Arab terrorists from Israeli jails. According to a series of Arab media reports, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is pressing Doha to remove Hamas from Qatari soil, arguing that the existing relationship cannot continue. However, Qatar is trying to soften Washington's pressure by promoting additional hostage release deals and touting its ability to moderate Hamas. Specifically, the Qataris have leaned on the terror group to issue some moderating statements and suggested that Hamas be integrated into the PLO. In other words, join forces with Mahmoud Abbas and company. So Qatar is trying to make Hamas mainstream so it doesn't have to throw them out of their country. How do you make Hamas mainstream? Tell them to claim they recognize Israel's right to exist. Okay, and you had some sort of Hamas spokesperson allude to that just just the other day. And that's what the PLO did. In reality, they never... They never recognized Israel's right to exist. Okay? They claim they were going to. They claim they did. I remember President Bill Clinton in that room where everyone raised their hands as if they were recognizing Israel's right to exist. This was a long time ago, back in the 90s, where they had this meeting and they said they were going to recognize Israel's right to exist. They were supposed to vote on it. They never voted on it. Voted on it. The cameras were rolling, so they just raised their hands as if they accepted Israel's right to exist. Many people fell for it. Okay, um, and the goal here is to get people to forget about the 1,200 Israelis murdered on October 7th. And that's what would happen if somehow Hamas becomes mainstream. And how is Qatar doing it? Again, they are telling Hamas to release some of the hostages. They're basically, Qatar is basically serving as the PR wing of Hamas. They're guiding them. Um. Again, I don't understand their infatuation. Maybe they just support Hamas or they believe in their ideology. But they are going through all these hoops to keep them in their country. I look forward to the day when Israel takes out all of these billion-dollar Hamas heads in Qatar and sends them straight to hell. And that's what our focus should be on right now, sending these evil, evil people straight to hell. Don't fall for it, folks. Don't fall for this PR charm offensive as they're trying to legitimize this brutal, horrible Hamas-slash-ISIS terrorist organization. Another news here, rocket alarms this morning, just about an hour ago. Once again, in the north of the country, the Jewish press reports that last night, IDF spokesperson Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari warned that Israel is making the necessary preparations to remove the threat from our border in the north. The warning comes as Israel's Lebanese proxy Hezbollah continues to escalate its attacks against Israel in the north. The terror group claimed responsibility on Sunday afternoon for a barrage of nine rockets fired at Israel's upper Galilee region, with several of the projectiles landing in open areas. Hezbollah also claimed responsibility for 10 attacks that had been directed at Israeli territory since yesterday morning. Israeli aircraft and tanks attacked the terror cell that was attempting to launch anti-tank missiles towards the Israeli town of Livne and other areas along the border. The idea struck the, the sources of the fire. 
So in my mind, the North is already at war with daily attacks and 80,000 Israelis evacuated from the border communities. But according to those in charge, it doesn't yet count as a war. As we know, Hezbollah has many more rockets than Hamas and, and is essentially a real army. So the threat is even greater in the North. So please, God, Israel will know how to quell the threat on our northern border. As Israel's busy waging a war, a defensive war of survival, and the UN continues to draft anti-Israel resolutions. The latest here, draft resolution calls for the release of the hostages and stresses the importance of unifying Gaza with what they call the West Bank, with, with Judea and Samaria under the PA. Yes, that is their that is their vision. This is reported by TOI and AFP. There is supposed to be a vote on Monday, which calls for an urgent and sustainable cessation of hostilities and to allow safe and unhindered humanitarian access in the Gaza Strip. Why don't they go to that Hamas leader who's got 5 million shekel, ask him for some humanitarian aid and the immediate and unconditional release of the hostages. So like previous resolutions uh, vetoed by the, by the U.S., or the previous resolution, rather, vetoed by the U.S. demanding a ceasefire. That was on December the 9th. And the draft text, too, does not explicitly name Hamas, but does vaguely condemn all indiscriminate attacks against civilians. The text also affirms support for a two-state solution and stresses the importance of unifying Gaza with Judea and Samaria. They call it the West Bank under the PA. So, the UN, first of all, they can't even mention Hamas by name. They can't even say Hamas carried out a horrible attack against Israel. So um, the UN is, it's, there's no surprise here. The UN is the biggest joke in the history of humanity. An immediate ceasefire, of course, keeps Hamas in power. At the same time, we've already talked about it today. We've already tried this two-state solution approach, which failed many, many times. We tried with the PA in charge in AZA, that also failed. So this resolution, which I'm sure which will be vetoed, is just more of a setup for failure, and that is the bottom line. That is what the UN is busy with right now. Uh, let's turn to our weekly anti-Semitism report. There's probably 100 different things we can talk about. But according to Israel National News, Arucheva, there were hundreds of synagogue Synagogues and Jewish institutions across the U.S. that received received the bomb threats by email over the weekend. Hundreds. That's unbelievable. Hundreds of Jewish institutions receiving bomb threats. They're saying here that they were um, no threats were deemed credible. Some of them caused significant disruption. A Boulder, Colorado synagogue evacuated on Shabbat morning. A congregation in Massachusetts canceled its Sunday school. Um, a Torah reading somewhere in Alabama was interrupted as everyone evacuated. So let me just say this now, folks. It, it's, re it's difficult here in Israel. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very difficult. But it, it's time to come home. I mean, at least here we're fighting back. We have a sta we, state. We have an army. Don't get me wrong, these are mind-numbing, unimaginable times right now, but we will win this war. I think I said it earlier, we will win this war. We will get back on track. Now is the time for you to be a part of this, all right? Now is the time for you to come home to Israel. 
unless you want to deal with more of these. Again, doesn't necessarily have to be because of these threats, bomb threats and hoaxes and whatnot, but there's no, sh- there's no shame. There's no, no shame at all if that's the reason. If you feel for your safety and security, no shame to come home to Israel in any way, shape, or form. You'll be welcomed here with open arms. We need as many Jews as possible to come home to Israel. And I think we'll end on that note. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. I hope my voice was okay. Just getting over the flu here, actually, but uh, but feeling much better. My throat is not 100%. My voice isn't 100%, so I apologize if you could hear that in this podcast. Uh, thanks to Tabitha Epstein, engineer, Benjamin Bresky, Tabitha, of course, for everything she does behind the scenes, and Ben for all the engineering he does on these shows. Get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Happy to be in touch with you. Josh at thelandofisrael.com is my email. Coming to you this morning from beautiful Gush Etzion, Judea, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Please, God, our soldiers should be safe. Those who were wounded, they should have a speedy recovery. Our hostages, our captives in Gaza should be brought home. And please, God, we should win the war. Have a great week, everybody. Be safe. Shalom, shalom.